forget the promises God gave us in his word. And this is what he said. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and the children and the children. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children. And the children, and the children, may His presence go before you, and behind you, and beside you, all around you, and within you. He is with you, He is with you, in the morning, in the evening, in your coming, and your going. In your weeping and rejoicing, He is for you, 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 He is for you. for coming to our to the last last evening with uh, Reverend Larry and Angela Keaton. Yay, I didn't get tongue-tied that time. <laughs> All right. Um, it's been a great yeah. five services. Yeah. Yeah. Or four services, and we're on to the fifth. I'm expecting it to be even greater. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, um, I don't want to wait any longer, so let's pray. <laughs> okay. Lord, Please bless this service. Thank you for being with us. Lord, we just love you, and we thank you for being here with us. We know that whenever we're gathered together in your name, you're here with us. We ask that you teach us and you guide us through the words of, of, of Brother Larry and, Brother, and, and Sister Angela, and help us to draw closer to you, Lord. We know that, that, we know that you are here, and we know that you are working. And that there will be signs and wonders. Lord, we just, we just love you and we thank you for everything you do for us. It's, honestly, it's just hard to express how much you do for us. And we, we just thank you, Lord. Lord, have your way with this service. In Jesus' name, amen.
God who brings the dead to life. You're the God of miracles. You're the God of miracles. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of The poor man say, I am rich in him. Let the lost man say, I am found in him. Oh, let the Let the blood man say, I 
And I thank you, Father God, that each one of us will leave this place a bit different because of what we heard tonight. I thank you, Father, that you speak through my mouth, you think through my mind. I thank you for utterance and boldness. And, Father, we thank you that at the conclusion of this service, there will be healings and there will be miracles through the laying on of hands. And we give you glory and thanks in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you can be seated. Well, Friday night I started out talking about signs of Jesus' soon return, and I ended that message by talking about the fact that we need, as believers, to be evangelizing the lost. We need to be sowing gospel seed, and that's what I shared on Saturday night, last night. 
I talked about how we can share the gospel seed and plant it in the lives of other people. But tonight, I want to talk about the culmination of our sowing the gospel seed. Tonight, I want to talk to you about revival. Revival. You know, most of you that have been here for the last couple of times that we were here, you know that God sent us back to America from the mission field through a supernatural experience where uh, Larry and I were sitting in a service in our home church. We were preparing to return to the mission field. We'd been in the States for the summer. We were traveling around to the churches that supported us, and we were planning. We had every intention of going back to Poland. But as we sat in that service, suddenly the Holy Ghost fell. How many of you know the Holy Ghost can come suddenly? We'll see if we can pick it up. There it is. Okay, we're back. So so we were sitting in that service, and suddenly the Holy Ghost fell. And we went from sitting just like you're sitting right now to suddenly we were both bent over double, weeping and groaning and praying. And we looked up. I thought it was like five minutes later, and actually the whole service had concluded and everybody had gone home. And we were still sitting there doing that. So finally it lifted from us, and we looked up, and an usher was standing there. And he said, the pastors would like to see you in the back room. So as we walked in the door, the same thing happened to all four of us. The Holy Ghost fell. We all began to weep. We all began to pray. And so after it lifted, the pastor said, well, let's just go somewhere and, you know, talk. Get a, go to a restaurant, get something to drink and talk. So when Larry and I got out to the car, I knew that the Lord had spoke to me. So I turned to him and I said, what did God just say to you? And he said, he told me, go into the city, like he told Paul after the experience on the road to Damascus. Go into the city and there it will be told you what you must do. And he said, I knew that city was Tulsa, which was, you know, our home city. And he said, what did he say to you? And I said, he told me, move back into your house, which we had had rented while we were on the mission field, and began to pray for revival in America. So that's what we did. We went back to Poland. We tied up loose ends, turned our church over to the young couple that have it now, turned the TV ministry and and the care of the graduates over to the other associate pastor, and we came back to America and started praying for revival. So tonight I want to talk to you about revival because The Lord told us in that supernatural experience that we had that he is sending great revival to America. Now, I did not realize at the time just how much America would need it. Let's look at Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. It says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now, I'm sure that you as a church have been praying for this nation. You've been praying for an outpouring of the Spirit of God upon this nation. But you know the major strategies of the devil as we pray and believe God for revival is to wear us down, to get us discouraged, to get us distracted with other things, and finally to get us to just give up altogether. 
But the revivalists in the past were men and women of prayer. Before they ever preached anything, before they ever went out to witness to the lost, they bombarded heaven with prayer. And God is not a respecter of persons. He responded to their prayers and sent a move of God in their day, and he will do the same thing for us if we do what they did. I heard a minister say this once, and it puzzled me when I first heard him say it. He said, God doesn't always move quickly, but he does move suddenly. And I thought, isn't that saying the same thing? But the more I thought about it, the more I understood what he meant. In other words, it may take some time for God to move, but when he does, things can change suddenly. You know, sometimes we get weary in contending for a move of God. I mean, I've been praying about this thing since 1981. That's a long time. And I'll have to admit that over that period of time, yes, I have gotten discouraged. Yes, I have... Uh, lessened in my prayers about that. And so I have to be revived, re-encouraged, uh, strengthened to keep pressing on, to keep praying. When it takes longer than we thought it would, we can start to slack off in praying for it. If we find ourselves in that place, we need to have our hunger stirred up again. We need to have our hunger renewed. We need to be reminded of what God has done in the past. I remember sitting in Brother Hagin's meetings and uh, hearing him talk about how God moved in the past and how God moved in his ministry. And it made me so hungry to see that happen again in my generation. The Apostle Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13, I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling or in this body to stir you up by way of reminder. So that's what I want to do tonight. I want to encourage you. And I want to stir up your hunger by talking about some of the ways that God has moved in the past. And remember, anything that God has ever done, whether it was in the Old Testament, the New Testament, or in past history in the church, he will do again. He'll do it in our day if we'll pray and believe him for it. We can't read through even one chapter of the book of Acts without seeing angelic visitations, visions, Dreams, miracles, healings, translations, trances, all of those things. Raising the dead, just like in the ministry of Jesus. And all through church history, there have been mighty moves of God with phenomenal miracles, signs and wonders. And there is no way that the church is going out of here with anything less. Do you mean to tell me that God started the church with signs and wonders and miracles and he's going to end the church with all of us hiding out in caves, eating tribulation food. No, no way. We're going out in the blaze of glory. I believe the devil will be so relieved when the church is gone. Because we're going to cause so much trouble for him before the rapture takes place. So take heart. What you see happening in America right now, the status of the church that you see in America right now, that's going to change. It's going to change in a big way. In fact, we're already starting to see sprinkles. You know, before a big rain comes, usually it will start with sprinkles, light sprinkles, and then it will increase and increase until we have a downpour. So we're already seeing sprinkles. Uh, I know there's a, uh, some of you know of this evangelist, Mario Murillo. He's been in the ministry for more than 40 years, but he said in the last year or two have been the greatest 
fruitfulness in all of his ministry. He's, he's having to buy tents and bigger tents. And it, it, they're packed with sinners. It's not just Christians that are coming. It's people out of the world that are coming because they're hungry. They're hungry for something that they don't have. They're hungry for the supernatural. I've heard, now I don't know the name of the church, but I've heard that there is a Baptist church in the Atlanta area, and they are seeing hundreds of salvations. They have big tanks outside the church where they take people after every service and baptize people that are newly born again. And they're seeing healings and miracles in the Baptist church. Listen, I believe before this thing is said and done, any church that's preaching Jesus as Savior is going to be having a major move of God. We recently heard about uh, an outbreak of a move of God at Asbury College over here someplace in Kentucky, and that has spread to other college campuses. Well, these are just sprinkles. These are signs that something is starting to happen. These are signs that God is starting to move in our country. And just look at our history as a nation. Before America even became a nation, God was already moving here. In the 1700s, we had what was called the First Great Awakening. And then in the 1800s, we had what was called the Second Great Awakening, when entire cities repented and even stopped business for an hour a day to have prayer meetings. The presence of God hovered over whole regions of the northeastern United States, which, of course, was the first area of our nation that was settled. The presence of God would hover over entire regions. People that would go into those regions would immediately sense the presence of God. And that presence of God radiated out into the Atlantic Ocean for 150 miles. And, you know, immigrants were coming by the boatloads from Europe. And as they would encounter that presence, they would come under conviction. And they would go to the captain of the ship and they would say, you need to to radio New York Harbor and have a preacher waiting when this, this ship docks because we've got to get right with God. That's what the presence of God can do. In the nation of Wales during the great Welch revival back in the early 1900s, the presence of God would fall on an entire village. And in the middle of the night, unbelievers would wake up out of a deep sleep and suddenly they were aware of their need for God. And they would get out of bed, kneel by their bed, and begin to cry out to God for forgiveness. Then that presence would lift, and it would move over to the next village. Same thing. It would lift, move over to another village. How do you think America can be reached? The same way. The same way. The presence of God is what we need. What we need. In the U.S. Navy, on one of the ships, 1,000 sailors were born again. And then those sailors got transferred out to other ships, and they spread the revival to other ships. By 1858, the New York Times reported that 50,000 people were coming to Jesus every week. In one year, more than one million people were born again. Now, this is at a time when our, our nation was not heavily populated. The population was around 30 million people throughout the United States. One million people came, came to Jesus in one year, and then the next year, another million people came to Jesus. So we're talking about one out of every 15 people was being born again. Around this same time, a woman evangelist named Maria Woodworth Etter was preaching in tents, under tents, to 25,000 people, and she didn't even have a sound system. 
and yet she was perfectly heard by all 25,000 people. And from her services, now this didn't happen every time, but it did happen on occasion, in a radius of 50 miles around where she would be holding a service, the presence of God would suddenly fall on people in their homes, walking down the street. People would fall out onto the floor or down on the street under the power of God. They would have visions of heaven and visions of hell and get up off the ground or off the floor in their home and go try to find someone who could tell them what had just happened to them. Now let me ask you, how hard would it be to witness if you go walking into Walmart or your local grocery store and somebody comes running up to you and said, I don't know what happened to me. Last night I just fell off my couch in the floor and I had a vision of hell. And I don't want to go there. Can you tell me what to do? I mean, the most shy person among us could witness in a situation like that, right? But this woman, Maria Woodworth Edder, she was preaching to crowds like this before women could even vote. In 1900, a man named Charles Parham opened a Bible school in a house in Topeka, Kansas. And the students were led there supernaturally. He did no advertising. Students were just led there to the very exact house where that school was meeting. And so one of the things, see, we take for granted the outpouring of the Spirit. We take for granted being baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking with other tongues. But up until 1900, that was almost unheard of. There were little pockets of believers around the world that still uh, were involved in that. But for the most part, the church was ignorant of it. And so... What he did was he asked the students to study the book of Acts, and then they were going to come back together, and he was going to ask them their conclusion as to what was the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And when they came back together, every single one of them had the same conclusion. It's speaking with other tongues. So they began to seek God to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And on January the 1st, 1901, a woman student received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and she spoke and wrote fluently in Chinese for three days. And they called in native Chinese speakers to listen to her, and they said her pronunciation, her writing, everything is perfect. And later on, that same woman got a complete download of the Chinese language and ended up going to China as a missionary. But it was commonplace in those days that when someone received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, they often got a complete download of the language. Now we know of a man, he was the last president of Oral Roberts University and he came and he spoke in our church. He got a complete download of Spanish. He and his unbelieving, unsaved father-in-law went to Mexico, to this little village in Mexico, to preach in a church and something happened to the interpreter and the interpreter wasn't able to come that night. So he turned to the pastor, he said, you know, I know a few words in Spanish. I'll just kind of try to greet the people, and then you're going to have to preach tonight. So he got up, and he said the few words he knew in Spanish to greet the people, and the next thing he know, he, he knew some more things to say in Spanish. And then he said that, and he knew some more things. And before he knew it, he's preaching in Spanish. And his unsaved father-in-law jumps up from the back seat and says, What are you doing? You can't speak Spanish. And that event led to his father-in-law receiving Jesus when he saw that sign and a wonder. And that man still has, he can read it, he can speak it, he can write it. And he's, he's preached now in Mexico and other Spanish-speaking nations and was the president of Oral Roberts University. Through, we, through, through Parham's ministry, 
a black man named William Seymour learned about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and he moved to Azusa Street in California and started the Azusa Street Revival. And in the Azusa Street Revival, the glory of God would appear in visible form in the front of the church or the building. They weren't meeting a church. No church would let them come. They found an old barn and cleaned it out, and that's where they met. But it would either appear as, as smoke, thick fog, or it would ap- appear as fire. And sometimes the neighbors would call the fire department because flames of fire would be shooting out of the top of the church. But when the fire department got there, there was no you know, natural fire. When I grew up in, with my grandmother, my grandmother started taking me to church when I was about four years old. And in that church, now not at the time we went, but that church had been there for quite a while. And they would tell us back in the old days when they would have revival meetings, people around the neighborhood would call the fire department because they would see fire coming out the top of the church. Creative miracles took place at Azusa Street. Arms and legs grew on that had been missing. Organs were replaced in people. And a lot of the ones that were used were young people and children. They would lay hands on people, and God would perform miracles through them. In two years' time, from Azusa Street, the baptism in the Holy Spirit spread to 50 nations. And in every town in America with a population of more than 3,000 people, that is a powerful outpouring. That's a powerful revival. Then we had in 1947 and 1959 the healing revival. Uh, Prominent names in the healing revival were people like uh, William Branham, Jack Coe, A.A. Allen, and a man named Oral Roberts. And it is told that one night in Oral Roberts' tent, uh, if you've ever seen, you can go on YouTube and you can see some of these videos of these men and their meetings. And so what was common was to keep themselves from wearing out, because there were so many people to be prayed for, they would put a chair on the platform and then people would line up and they would come by one by one and they would lay hands on them. Well, he was doing that and he kept feeling this gentle breeze on his back, but he didn't pay much attention to it. He just kept laying hands on people. Well, all of a sudden, that gentle gentle breeze, what is it about up here? You get tongue-tied. Anyway, (laughs) suddenly that gentle breeze became a mighty wind, and it blew through him out into the tent. Now, we're talking a tent with probably 5,000 people. My grandparents used to get his magazines, and as a child, I would see the pictures of the tent and all the people. But it blew out into the crowd, and when that happened, somebody looked at their watch. You know, you always got people in church looking at their watches. We preachers just have to learn not to be moved by that. But uh, somebody looked at their watch, and when that wind went out through the crowd, people started screaming all over the building. People in wheelchairs jumped up, started running around the tent. People on deathbeds got up and started running around the tent. People that were blind started screaming because they could see. They had just brought in a busload of of about 50 students from a school for the deaf. Every single one of them started screaming because they could hear. And they, they figured out after the meeting, they couldn't find anybody in that crowd who had not received their complete manifestation when that wind blew. And then that same person looked at their watch. After that lifted, it had been 12 minutes. Twelve minutes in the glory of God can do that. Then in the 1970s came the Jesus movement. 
Now, I was, I was part of the Jesus movement, not out in California, but in Mississippi. But how many of you have seen the, the recent movie, Jesus Revolution? That's an amazing movie. If you can, you need to go see it. I sat there and just cried because it was so real because I lived in that time. Time magazine, if you can feature this, had a picture of long-haired hippies being baptized in the Pacific Ocean. Another cover of Time or one of the big magazines had a picture of Jesus, you know, a drawing of Jesus on the front. And underneath it, it said Jesus Revolution. Tens of thousands of young people were saved in that revival, and adults as well. And I can remember in my little town in Mississippi that there was a vacant house near the university, and twice a week we would pack it out with kids. There was no furniture or anything. We just sat on the floor. When the floor was full, we lifted up the windows, and we sat on the windowsills. We sat any place you could sit. And every week, all kinds of kids were getting saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit, when they got saved, they'd take them into the bath- bathroom, fill up the bathtub with water, and they'd dunk them in the bathtub. And it was led by two 20-year-olds or some, somewhere in their early 20s from the university campus. There were no pastors there, but people were getting saved. Kids were getting saved. And that led into the charismatic movement. Now, during the charismatic movement, people in denominational churches were filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking with other tongues. And I went to some of those meetings. We would sing in tongues for like 30 minutes at a time. It was glorious. There'd be just wave after wave, beautiful harmony going back and forth throughout the crowd. And while this is going on, you've got nuns and priests and Episcopalians and Presbyterians dancing in the spirit up and down the aisles. I mean, it was something to behold. Millions of denominational Christians were filled with the spirit. In 1967, I saw my first miracle. Now, I've been raised in a full gospel church, but I had never seen a miracle. Then I was in seminary in New Orleans, and I was attending a big Assemblies of God church there, and they brought in a lady evangelist named Vicki Jameson. Some of you may have heard of her. And so I was very skeptical. I had been taught when I was in Bible college, be skeptical, be skeptical of these charismatics because they're all flaky. So I'm, I'm, I'm on my guard. And I, was, I had a good friend named Carl, and Carl and I came. We kind of sat in the back of the church, and I was ready for anything, I thought. <laughs> but on Sunday morning, Vicki gets up, and the very first thing she does, because she would sing out words of knowledge instead of just speaking them out. She would sing them out. That's just how God used her. And so the first thing that she did, she sang... Someone in the back has hemorrhoids. And I went, oh, my God. (laughs) Everything they told me. These people are flaky. Everything they told me in Bible school was true. But we came back that night, Carl and I did, and we're sitting there, and she's singing out healings, and she sang out something about back trouble. And this little old man got up from the middle of the, the congregation, and he's bent over just like this. And he starts slowly coming up the aisle. So the ushers helped him up on the platform. And when he got up there, Vicky said, well, sir, what's wrong with your back? He said, I was in the war. Now, I don't remember what war it was. But he said, I was in the war, and I took shrapnel in my spine. And the doctors told me, this is the only way you'll ever be able to walk again. We're going to have to fix your spine in this position and put metal rods in it. 
And so he had been that way for years. And all Vicky did was just reach over and lay her hand on his back, and instantly he stood up straight and began to walk. I was an instant believer. <laughs> I looked at Carl. I said, what do you think about that, Carl? Carl's eyes were about that big. That was the first miracle. Well, that, that meeting went on for six weeks. We packed that church out that would seat about 1,500, and it, there were so many people coming that they had to turn away that we finally moved into the top level of the Superdome in New Orleans. Now, I'm not talking about where they play football, but they had huge conference rooms in the top of the Superdome, and we packed those out every night for six weeks, and I did not miss a service. I was there every service. Amazing healings and miracles took place in that meeting. Then I became acquainted with Brother Hagen, Dad Hagen, we called him. And uh, he talked a lot about things that happened when he was in the early years of his ministry, just preaching in little churches. He said one night a wind blew through the room, and when that wind blew through the room, everybody in the building that was not healed got their healing in a moment of time. He said another time, and some of you have heard him tell these stories, he said a flash of light took place in the room, and he said it was just instantaneous. He said like the old days, you know, when you had flash cameras, and it would kind of blind you for a second. He said it was like that. And when he looked up, every sinner and every backslider in the building was kneeling at the altars in front. And he even asked the people that were sitting next to them, because they sat in pews in those days, you know, packed into the pews, and he asked the people on the ends, he said, did those people come by you? I mean, you would know it if the person next to you got up and came across you to go out. They said, if they came by us, we sure don't know about it. So all he could conclude is those people were instantly translated to the front of the building. He talked about being in one service where uh, he, he had preached on salvation, but he said there was this young girl in the church, and she was really good at encouraging people to respond. So he called her to come forward and, and encourage the people to, you know, respond to the invitation, come forward to receive Jesus or backsliders, come back to the Lord. And she got up on the wooden altar bench, and she would walk back and forth on the wooden altar bench, exhorting the people to come forward and be saved, but she had her eyes closed. But he said every time she would get to the end of the bench, she'd whirl around and just get back to the other end, walk back to the other end. And he said one by one, People started coming. And finally, when the last person that needed to be saved came forward, he said, as God is my witness and all the people in the room, she started dancing on the altar bench, and she danced right off the end in the midair. And everybody saw it. She was not aware of it. And then suddenly she turned and walked back on the bench, got down, and went back to her seat. A sign and a wonder. In the last years of Brother Hagin's ministry, Larry and I, uh, came back from overseas to be in some of his meetings. We would pray, and the Lord would tell us which meeting he wanted us to come back for, and he would pay all the bills for us to come. And uh, we were in one meeting in Colorado, and he called on one of the young people that traveled with him in his music group, a music group that traveled with him, students of Raymore or graduates. And so he was the bass player, and they called him Skinny. He was real tall and thin. And so Brother Hagin called him to come up to the platform. There were steps leading up to the platform. So he just comes bounding up the steps, and Brother Hagin held out the microphone to him, and he reached for the microphone. I can't do it myself. And he froze in that position on one leg. I'll hold on and do it. 
on one leg like this, reaching out for the microphone. He froze like that and held that position for at least 45 minutes. We're witnesses. We saw it with our own eyes. Brother Hagen went on, finished the meeting. He went back in the back room to get some food and, and something to drink, and the guy just stayed there. And so finally somebody went and got Brother Hagen, and he came out and he laid hands on him. And when he did, the kid was able to get his leg down, and they helped him off the platform. Another time we were in a meeting in St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, Brother Hagen, there were lots of people, I mean lots, thousands, and the, the church was laid out in sections in a semicircle like this and this and this. And Brother Hagen started over here, and he's just waving his arm over the crowd and saying, Be blessed in Jesus' name, be blessed. And people would just fall out on the floor and, and, and laugh. And so he's getting closer to our section. So, you know, we're like, what's going to happen? And he got to our section, and he just waved his arm and said, Be blessed in Jesus' name. People started falling out of their chairs. I started laughing. And he goes to the next section. Then all of a sudden he turns around and he says, he went into a trance. And I'm thinking, who? I'm looking all over the place. All of a sudden I look next to me. It's Larry. He's just like this with his eyes wide open, got his arms folded, not moving. And I kind of started laughing at him. I thought, what's going on? Well, Brother Hagen went on, finished the meeting. Larry is still like that. He has not blinked. His eyes are wide open for like, I don't know, 30 minutes or more. And everybody starts leaving, and he's still sitting there. And he's got the keys to the car, and he's the only one that can drive the rental car. So uh, a, a young man came by that was in the Raymond Singers and Band, and he said, I'm going in the back room. Do you want me to tell Brother Hagen? I said, please. <laughs> I need him you know, to get out of here. Help me get home back to the hotel. And so... Uh, Anyway, the young man came out and laid hands on him, and Larry came out of it. But uh, the young man told us later, he said, I went into the back room, and I told Brother Hagen, and he said, well, I tell you what. He said, I'm going to send you out, and you lay hands on him, and if that doesn't work, you come back and get me, and I'll have to go out. And so the young man then went back in and told Brother Hagen, well, when I laid hands on him, he came out of the trance. And, and here's what Brother Hagen said. He said, I thought that's what would happen. He said, you see, the Lord put me in authority in the service, but I gave you delegated authority to go out and lay hands on him. So we learned something from that because we didn't know it, but we were going to face that in our school in Prague. We had a Bible school in, the, in Prague, Czech Republic, and we had moves of God during that time. I mean, amazing things happening. Kids would fall under the power of God without anybody behind them and without anybody touching them they would come back up, just like a jack-in-the-box. I had a pic I made a picture of it, but they're like halfway up, so you can't tell if they're going down or if they're going back up. But it was amazing. And little girls, petite little girls, would get stuck to the floor. They'd be worshiping and praising God, and then, you know, the glory of God would kind of lift. And so we're there to teach, right? So, so we, we were going to start teaching, so we told a couple of the guys, Go to her and just pick her up gently under the arms and sit her on the front row. Now, she's, she's little. She's petite. She probably weighs, I don't know, 110 pounds maybe. And these guys, they're big. And they go, one gets under each arm, and they're, they're pulling with everything in them, and they cannot lift her. So we just said, leave her there. 
You know, when that lifts, when the power of God lifts off of her, she'll be able to go sit down on her own. <clears throat> we, uh, we, I think, did you mention that here or was it someplace else? How we rented a room for our church and our Bible school in the Czech Republic. Okay, just between us. We had to rent a room by the hour in the Czech Republic. Things were so expensive that we couldn't just rent a room to have as our own. So we had to rent it by the hour. And other groups met in there when we weren't in there. But we had this guy come over to hold a meeting. He was going to teach in the school. And then anytime somebody came to teach in the school, we just worked them. <laughs> they were probably glad to get out of there and get away from us. But we would make them do meetings at night. And so we were doing meetings with this guy. And every night the presence of God would get stronger and stronger and stronger. And the funny thing is, even though other groups met in the room, when we would come back in the next day, the presence was still there. And after about three days, it got super strong. And so we came in, managed to get in our seats, and I, I was leading worship, and I got up to lead worship, and as I walked from my front row seat up to the platform, it felt like stepping in water. It was like every step I took, I felt like I was stepping deeper and deeper and deeper. But there wasn't water. It was the presence of God. And so I got to the, to the pulpit, and I couldn't sing. I couldn't say anything. I just kind of fell over the, the pulpit like this, and I looked at the guest speaker, and I went like this, come on up and take it. And so he starts up to the front. He almost doesn't make it to the pulpit. And when he gets to the pulpit, he takes one step back, and there was a wall behind him, and he just slid down the wall, and he sat there for the rest of the night. But it didn't matter because we didn't need him. <laughs> God started moving. Kids started running around the room, dancing, falling out on the floor, shouting, singing, crying, kneeling. I mean, you name it, it was going on. God was moving in the place. It was amazing. Twice when we were in the Czech Republic, uh, students and guest speakers heard angels singing with us. We would be singing and worshiping, and there would be these high voices up above us. One of our American helpers came to us the next morning after the first time this happened, and he said, did you hear those voices last night? Well, I didn't hear them, but Larry did. And he said, when I first heard them, one of our graduates pastored a church in another town not too far away, so when we had special meetings, almost his whole church would come. And he said, when I first heard those voices, I turned around to look because I thought, Man, those people from Dobshees, they can really sing. <laughs> and he said, all of a sudden, I realized it wasn't them. And the guest speaker heard it too. And then it happened one other time. Students would get in class, and they would get so drunk in the Holy Ghost, they would go and get on buses and streetcars after class was over and preach to the whole streetcar. And get people, start, people would start laughing on the streetcar. I mean, these are totally unsaved people. Like in the Czech Republic... If you went out street witnessing, we had to first convince people that there is a God. They were total atheists. Now, when we went to Poland, it was different. They were mostly Catholic, and they believed all the basic things. They believed, you know, in Jesus is the Son of God. He died on the cross for our sins. But they, they just missed that one step of receiving him personally as their Savior. So it was easy to get people saved in Poland. But in the Czech Republic, not so easy. But they would have everybody on the bus or the streetcar laughing, 
preaching the gospel to them. That's, that's called boldness. And it came on them when they got saturated in the presence of God. Then we moved on to Poland. And when we would be worshiping God, you could look around the room and hovering over the heads of the students, it would look like a cloud, like a mist of the presence of God. We had the dead, dead raised twice in Poland. One time it happened, a group of students and graduates came from another town about an hour away, and we were having special meetings, had a guest speaker. And so after school, they're driving back to their town, and they pass an accident. And these were often in Poland. Those people, they drive like nothing I've ever seen. We used to joke and say, instead of giving our students a diploma, we ought to hand them a steering wheel and say, drive your ministry like you drive your car and all will be well. But anyway, they passed an accident and there was a black body bag, which we frequently saw by the side of the road. And the graduate that was driving pulled his car off. He gets running out of the car. He goes and, and just jumps on top of the body bag and unzips it. And there was a little girl inside. And he laid hands on her and commanded life to come back into her body. And she came alive again. And later he visited her with her parents at their home. So that was the first one. The second one was the, the brother of our interpreter. And our interpreter told us later, he said, my wife and I that morning, he said, we just kind of had an impression to pray for my brother who was not saved at the time. But it was a, a morning before school. And then he came on to school to interpret for the day. And while he was there, he got a phone call from his mother. And she said, your brother is dead. And he said, what happened? And she said, he went in to take a bath and locked the door to the bathroom. And he didn't come out. He didn't come out. We knocked on the door. We weren't getting any response. So we finally tore the door down. And he's laying in the middle of the floor blue. His skin had turned blue. And they found out later there had been a gas leak in the bathroom. And so they called for an ambulance. And at that time, you didn't have paramedics. The people that came with the ambulance, they were just body haulers. So they figured it had been at least an hour or so before the ambulance drivers got there. And then they put him in the ambulance, took him to the hospital, and the doctors started working on him. They tried everything. You know, they, they massaged his heart. They uh, shocked him with the paddles. They injected whatever they do straight into the heart. No response, flat line on the, on the screen. And so they worked with him for over an hour. And finally, they gave up, covered him up, went down the hall to fill out the death certificate. And one of the doctors looked at the other one and said, he's so young. Let's just go back and try one more time. And so they went back in, shocked him with the paddles again, and he opens his eyes. But his head had swelled up the size of a basketball because he'd been so long without oxygen. So they put him in a room, but they called the family together, and they said, listen, you know, don't think that if he ever comes out of this coma, he'll be normal. They said he'll be nothing more than a vegetable. So about 4 o'clock that afternoon, the young man, he was only 26, he opens his eyes, looks across the room, sees his mother, and starts talking to her like nothing ever happened. Doctors and nurses are going everywhere. They come in. The doctors kept him for a couple of days. They ran every kind of test. He was totally normal, and his head did finally come back down to size. But that was, that was a total miracle. He'd been dead maybe close to three hours when he was raised from the dead. Then we saw four brain-dead people. 
Yeah, I said that. They prayed that morning. Yeah, when his mother called him and said, your brother's dead, he just started laughing. He said, we prayed already for him this morning. He's fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> we saw four brain-dead people raised up, clinically brain-dead on total life support at the hospital. And one of those that was, that was raised up, 13 members of his family got saved as a result and started going to the church of one of our graduates. Signs and wonders. We have an annual conference, which we just did when we were in Poland. But the one that we had in 2008, the presence of God came in to such an extent that all we could do was just lay on our face in the floor and just lay there in that presence. We went up to Russia and we ministered in an area of Russia where they had full gospel churches, but they never had any teaching on healing. And so we did a three-day seminar on healing. And either the first or the second day, I don't remember, a, a, a woman brought her little boy, and he came walking up the aisle like this. He's dragging one foot, his arms like this. He had scars on his face. And we said, what's going on with him? And she said, uh, a water heater, a hot water heater exploded. And she said, he's had seven surgeries. And she um, seven surgeries in a Russian hospital. You don't want one surgery in a Russian hospital, believe me. And so she said, I don't want him to have any more surgeries. Oh, man, I mean, we're as human as you are. My mind went, tilt? Oh, God, you know, we can't heal him. We can't do anything in ourselves to help him. So all we could do was just lay hands on him, pray over him, and it didn't appear that anything changed. He dragged that little leg all the way back to the seat. The meeting was over. The next morning... We get there early, and the mother's already there. And she came with an interpreter, and she said, I want to give my testimony. She said, yesterday, there was no change in my boy. She said, I put him to bed last night. No change. She said, about 5 o'clock this morning, I was awakened by a noise. And I opened my eyes and looked, and my boy was running laps around the room. The power of God. The power of God. She said, I sent him to school today. <laughs> I didn't bring him to the meeting. And you know, it hasn't stopped. People say, well, yeah, but when you're in countries overseas, you see things like that. But not here in America. That is a lie from the pits of hell. We have seen all kinds, of, and your pastors, you know, they share things with you. We've seen all kinds of things happen here in America. We have stood there and laid hands on a man and watched. He had a cataract that covered his whole eye was white. And we stood there and watched God just gradually melt that cataract right off his eye. A lady with a broken neck. She had metal plates and screws in her neck. Her neck was almost immobile. This was in Waynesville, Missouri. She started moving that neck. We don't know what happened to the plates and screws. We don't really care. I mean, I don't know if God just made them flexible or if he dissolved them or what, but she could move that neck. We've seen blind people healed. We've seen deaf people healed right here in the United States of America. In two places, in Wichita, Kansas, and Waynesville, Missouri, we had women come up in the prayer line, and they had scoliosis. And I'll never forget the first time it happened. That was the Waynesville time. A number of people had come up, so Larry took one end, and I went to the other end. And I got to this lady, and she's all bent over, and her back's in pain. 
And uh, I asked her what was wrong, and she said she had scoliosis of the spine. So I laid hands on her, but then I stepped back. And when I stepped back, she started bending and twisting in all kinds of positions. She bent so far over that gravity should have pulled her to the floor. And when she came back up, her eyes are as big as saucers. And she looks at me and she says, I'm not doing that. And I said, well, I'm not doing it. I'm not even touching you. You say, well, and then she, she stood up straight and she was fine. She was healed. And you say, what happened? I don't know for sure. I, like Brother Hagin used to say, I can't prove it, but you can't disprove it. I believe angels went to work on her. Larry was in a meeting one time with uh, Ed Dufresne at his home church in, in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. And he said Ed was ministering to this person with back trouble. And Ed kind of took a step back and he said, because Ed was a prophet. He saw into the spirit all the time. And he said, there's an angel working on that man's back. And Larry said he watched that man get lifted up till he was on his very tip tiptoes. I mean, you couldn't even stand like that. And when the, the man finally came back down, he was totally healed. So that happened in Waynesville, Missouri, and then it happened again in Wichita, Kansas. Same thing. woman just starts bending and twisting in all kinds of unusual positions that you wouldn't normally twist in, and her back was totally healed. We just got a good report when we were in Dodge City, Kansas last year, and we're headed there in about three more weeks. A lady came up to us, and she said, last year I was ministered to in, in your meeting, and she said the doctor had removed my L5 disc. And she said, I've just gotten back to the doctor, and the L5 disc is back. God replaced that L5 disc in her back. I told you about this morning about the woman in Springfield, Illinois, who had metal screws and something else in her ankle and a battery pack under the skin in her leg and all of it. Well, the battery pack disappeared. We don't know about the other, but all we know is she could move her ankle. We were in a meeting in Ohio. This was several years ago just a really small church, and there were a group of teenagers sitting on the back row. And we just preached, you know, had, I think we ministered to people for healing at the end. And these teenagers come to up, up to us after church, and they're just like in shock. And they said, we were just sitting back there while you were preaching, and all of a sudden we just started speaking in tongues. None of them had been filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all instantly filled with the Holy Spirit. We were in New York, and I'm getting to the end here. We were in New York, and uh, one night we laid hands on people. I don't remember. It wasn't for healing. It was something else. And people just began to weep. And after the service was over, we went with the pastors, I guess, to get a bite to eat. I don't remember. But he got a phone call while we were with him after the service, and it was somebody from the church, and they said, there's people that are so overcome by the Spirit, they can't even walk. We had to carry them out to their cars so that they could be taken home. Just the presence of God, the strong presence of God. See, operations of the Holy Ghost in healings and miracles and signs and wonders, they have not passed away. They've always been a part of the gospel being preached. You say, well, what's the purpose of it? We were in Lithuania. I forgot this one. We went to Lithuania and we held a conference. And uh, the man who was in charge of the conference, he was head of his Pentecostal denomination. But his elderly father had been previously the head of the denomination, and his elderly father would sit on the front row and just cry. I'm thinking, 
are we saying something wrong? Are we doing something wrong to make this poor man cry? And so finally, after a couple of days of this, we all would have a meal together after the service, and we got our Russian interpreter, and we went down, sat in front of him, and we said, Sir, why are you crying? And he said, When I was a young man, and I was the head of this Pentecostal denomination, he said we had a move of God in Lithuania so strong and he said, in our church, now you're not going to believe this, but we heard it with our own ears from this man. He said, in our church, God would literally pick people up, lift them through the air, and sit them down on the other side of the church. And you might say, well, what's the purpose in that? Listen, if that started happening here, do you think a few people from the community might come to see that happen? Well, it did in, in Lithuania as well. It's a sign and a wonder. God performs signs and wonders to get the attention of people. And listen, people in America are so jaded by religion. You know, when I was growing up, like I said, everybody went to church. Even if they weren't saved, they wanted their kids in church. Maybe they'd go to church to meet somebody else to make a business deal, but they still went to church. Now people don't go to church. People hate Jesus. They post all kind of hateful things about Christians, about Jesus, about churches. Uh, just some things recently that have happened. I, I won't go into it, but just some things recently that have happened. You know, you say anything against another religion here in America, and it's called a hate crime. But you can talk against Jesus. You can talk about the church. You can talk against Christianity, and they look the other way. People in this nation are going to have to see signs and wonders to get their attention. And I believe when arms and legs start growing on, when mentally retarded people are instantly made whole in the view of everybody, it's going to get their attention. And it's going to take signs and wonders like that to, to bring in a harvest in our nation especially. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't want to keep them here. It's only 10 after 7. Uh, we were in Georgia. This was a few years ago right outside the Atlanta area, and uh, at the end of the service, one of us, I don't remember who, had a word of knowledge about somebody, uh, I think we said wanting a baby, but this woman came up the aisle. She's obviously very pregnant already, so we just prayed for her like you'd pray for any pregnant woman, you know, Lord, we pray for a, an easy delivery, you know, a healthy baby, a healthy mother, all of that. She went back to her seat, and we didn't think anything of it. Three days later, the pastor calls us, and he says, you didn't know it, but he said that lady that came up Sunday morning, she had 40 tests done on her last week, and every test showed that the baby she's carrying is Down syndrome. And he said she had an appointment Monday after that Sunday service, and she went back to the doctor. She said, I want those tests run again. And the doctor said, we don't need to run the tests again. We already know the result. And they were trying to encourage her to abort. I forget, she was about five or six months along. And, uh, of course, she refused to abort. And she just kept on until they ran the tests again. And when they ran the tests again, every test showed that the baby was completely normal. And about three months later, two or three months later, she delivered a healthy baby boy. Now, I think that's wonderful that God would do that, change a child in the womb. But I'm waiting for the day when he changes the children outside the womb. And adults, too. You say... You're talking crazy stuff, girl. Yes, I am. 
Because Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 says that God is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all we can ask or think. Well, I don't know about you. I can think pretty big. I can ask pretty big. And God's like, come on, can't you do better than that? I mean, he's able to do anything. And when we see miracles and signs and wonders like that, don't you think that's going to get the attention of people? Imagine what it'll do for parents that have a child like that or a child that's been diagnosed with an incurable disease and they bring them to church or to some service somewhere in a coliseum or whatever and their child is totally healed. Don't you think that's going to spread through the family? That's going to spread through the friends that they know? I mean, these signs and wonders and miracles are going to get the attention of the nation. And so the result will be souls. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line in all of it. Yes, healing is wonderful. It's wonderful for the people that receive it, and God loves the people that receive it. Miracles are wonderful. And God loves the people who need miracles. But the bottom line is souls. People see that. People hear about it. They come to Jesus. And the big key for us as the church to receive these things is going to be hunger. The more we hunger for God, the more we press into God, the more we're going to see. The more of his presence we long for, the more of his presence we'll have. So I encourage you. For thus says the Lord, Think not that these days are long ahead of you, for you are at the very door of an outpouring of the Spirit in this nation. For I will show signs, and I will show wonders, even as I showed signs and wonders in the days of of Egypt and my children in, in the nation of Egypt. I delivered them through mighty signs and wonders, and I will deliver this nation through mighty signs and wonders. Yes, the enemy has a plan to destroy this nation, but little does he know that I have a greater plan to save this nation. And my power shall flow in mighty rivers from city to city to city. No village, no community, no city will fail to be visited by my power. So church, seek my face. Pray. Be not weary in well-doing, but continue in prayer. For if you could see into the realm of the Spirit... If you could see the activity that is taking place as a result of your prayers, of things that are being set in place and set in order and rearranged so that this outpouring can come, you would be encouraged and you would pray with even more fervor. So don't give up in your praying, church, because I work hand in hand with you. You pray and I move. No prayer and I will not move. 
So continue to look to me. Continue to seek me. For great and mighty will be the outpouring. And be encouraged, for I am on the scene to save your nation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I believe it. 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 The devil is not having this nation. There was a covenant made by the people who came over on the Mayflower. They came here not to start the Hindu religion, the Islam, or any other religion. They came here to establish Christianity in a nation where they could worship God in freedom. Now, these other religions, these other, you know, our Constitution allows for it, but don't let the leaders tell you that America is not a Christian nation. That is a lie. Maybe we don't have as many Christians now as we used to have, but that's changing. But that does not change the fact that those people, in the beginning, when they landed on this continent, they made a covenant with God, and they gave this nation to God, and God has not forgotten about it. I remember after 9-11, we came back, uh, our first trip to come back to the United States after that, and our plane flew in from Europe. We went over Greenland, and then we started down the eastern seaboard of the United States. And it was a clear day, and I was by the window. It was a beautiful, clear day. I could look out, and I could see, you know, the edge where the Atlantic touched, touched the shores of the eastern seaboard. And as I looked, I can't even describe the love that came over me. It was like, I've never had a child, but I'm just imagining. When parents bring that first child back from the hospital, and they put it in the baby bed, and they stand there, and they just look at that child. And the love for that child that just consumes them, that was what I felt. It was like God was taking our nation and just rocking us in a cradle. And I knew, I knew that I knew God's got this. God's got this nation in his hands. And I got, we landed in a JFK airport and we ran into some friends of ours who were missionaries in Italy. And I went over and talked to her and I began to describe to her what had happened as we went by that eastern seaboard. She said the exact same thing happened to me as we were coming in on our plane from Italy. God loves this nation. Now I'm not saying he loves us more than any other people on the face of the earth. But what nation has sent more missionaries around the world than America? Yes, we have our faults. Yes, we've done horrible things. Yes, we probably deserve judgment, but God would rather save us than burn us up. <laughs> he would rather save us because I believe the greatest missionary thrust has yet to take place out of America. I believe it with all my heart. I believe that people are going to start being called by the scores to go to the nations of the earth. And what nation has put more money into the gospel than the United States? I'm not saying that God couldn't raise up another nation, but why would he when he's got this nation full of churches and full of Christians? And I believe that God is going to use this nation in, in greater ways than he's ever used us in the past. There were two ladies, prophetesses. One was in 1967. Her name was Sister Clara Grace. And then there was another lady that was in Tulsa in the 1980s, Sister Wilkerson. Maybe some of you have heard of her. Now, these ladies did not know about the prophecy that the other one gave. And each one of them gave almost the identical prophecy. And I read them both. Uh, at Rama. they kept a book 
of prophecies that had ever been given by Brother Hagin or anybody in one of his meetings. And a, a friend of mine, the same missionary in Italy, she had a copy of that book. And she let me, I stayed up almost all night one night just reading through that book. And here's this one for night in 1967. Sister Clara Grace was in one of Brother Hagin's meetings. And then way over here, I find the same prophecy by Sister Wilkerson in the 1980s. And the prophecy was this, that America would look like a tree that was cut down to the stump. But then out of that stump would grow a shoot that would grow greater and a bigger tree than that initial tree had been, and the birds of the air would come and nest in its branches. And both of them ended the prophecy in the same way, screaming, the eagle will fly again, the eagle will fly again. Well, we know the eagle is the symbol of the United States of America. So I don't know, you know, what else is going to happen here in America. I don't know how bad it might get, but this I know will rise again. God's going to move by his spirit, and we're going to rise again, and we're going to be strong, and we're going to send forth missionaries. We're going to proclaim the gospel throughout this nation and throughout the nations of the world. I know it. I know it. I know it better than I know my name. So we need to keep praying, church. Be encouraged. Be stirred up. I challenge you. Make part of your personal prayer life at home praying for revival. And you might say, well, I don't know how to pray for revival. Do you know how to pray in other tongues? Pray as best you know according to the scriptures. Larry actually has a CD back there with, with a lot of scriptures that can be prayed. It's called Praying for the Rain. Uh, but, you know, when you've prayed everything you know to pray in English, switch over into other tongues because Romans chapter 8, it says that when we pray in other tongues, the Holy Spirit helps us pray the perfect will of God. You can't miss <laughs> when you pray in other tongues. And so spend some time praying for revival. Goodness knows, I don't think anybody in this room doesn't understand that our nation's in trouble. And the only thing that's going to save it is, is God. God is our only hope at this point. And so God will move as we pray. Amen? Oh, one more scripture I had real quick is Ecclesiastes 11.3. It says, If the clouds are full, they pour out rain upon the earth. Well, rain throughout the scriptures is a type of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So what fills the clouds? Our prayers. Zechariah 10.1 says, Ask of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain, and the Lord will send bright clouds. I can't quote it exactly, but rain to every man, vegetation to every man in his field. What is that? Every man in the church and every man outside the church. God will send the rain of the Spirit if we'll pray. Those clouds will get filled up and the rain will come down. Amen. We're living in a great generation. I mean, I know it doesn't look like it to look around, but God has the final word. I want to take a moment and talk to those on the internet and you might say well I go to another church but I sure like to, to hear what's going on here well let me just ask you do you believe the word of God is true well if the word of God is true the church you should be in is a church where the word is preached and the Holy Spirit is demonstrated, 
with healings and miracles. Now, I don't, I'm, I'm not knocking anybody else's church. Because there are other churches you know, that do that. God There's started the church with healings and miracles and signs and wonders. And if you're in a church and you're not seeing that, you might ought to think that maybe, especially if you're watching by internet, or maybe you're here, you might ought to think that maybe, hey, God is speaking to me to maybe change churches or get in the right church. This is a New Testament church. And you're going to see the Word of God preached. You're going to see the Holy Spirit demonstrated. And you're going to see healings and miracles. That's the true church of God. So a word to the wise is sufficient. Um, how do you want to start this? Well, we told them we'd lay hands on the sick tonight. Yeah. Anybody, yeah, that, yeah. anybody that wanted healing. Well, I, you know what? I think we ought to just start out. If 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 you, you need a miracle, now let me explain what I mean. If you need a miracle, if you're missing a body part that you maybe you weren't born with it, if you if it was surgically removed, or if it's there uh, an in, an inner organ that's not functioning. Uh, or something missing that once was or never was, that's a miracle. Because Let me explain. You know, if, if my hand looked like that, I don't need to pray and ask God for, for healing. Nothing's there to heal. <laughs> there's nothing there to heal. I need a miracle to replace that finger. So there's a difference between healings and miracles. So if you're here... And you need a miracle of that some sorts, like I was talking about. We want to start with that. Do you want it back? Okay. Okay. All right. Do you mind if I put my hand there? In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. The enemy took this, but we ask you to replace it. Yeah. I release the anointing into my sister's body to replace this organ that was taken from her when she had this accident. Now, Father, I thank you for it. I thank you for it. I thank you for a creative miracle in her body in Jesus' name. Yeah. Organ be replaced in the name of Jesus. And while we're at it, let's just have another dose right here. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. You are in the process of restoring. We thank you, Father, for the clarity that she's already gotten. And that's a sign that you're at work. So we thank you, Father God, that you never do an incomplete work. I thank you for the finished work yeah. in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Because we heard a report, you're already having better understanding and clearer thinking, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anybody Thank else Lord. say, I need a miracle? Maybe you have something that's not functioning, a, a, a limb or something. In 94, I got a dog bite. Went through here. Wow. Some dog. Pul pulverized <laughs> half of my knuckle. Gee. Uh, 
Doc said there wasn't really anything you could do about it. He said if it ever got worse, we could do surgery and it might stabilize it. But that that, that it you know I'd never be able to straighten it out again, right? Yeah. So. So does it function now? Yeah, it functions. But it just looks weird, it huh? It looks weird. And, and it <laughs> Leave out. it to Larry. <laughs> so, and you could feel that half the knuckle was gone. Mm. Wow. Right? So I prayed about that the other day after I spoke to you about, hey, you know, I think I should be able to pray for myself, right? Yeah. Well, the, the knuckle is back. Finger's still not straight. Okay, well, thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We release your power, your anointing into this area on his hand. We thank you, Father God, that his finger can straighten out. Yeah. In Jesus' name. And Whatever needs to happen, Lord, so that that, that finger will straighten out. Function. We thank you now, in the name of Jesus, that that power is working in his hand. Thank you, Father God. For a creative miracle. What was taken away is restored in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank in you. Jesus' name. In Jesus' thank name. You, Lord. I believe it's the Lord. Amen. It looks like it's a little bit different. Let's lay hands on it one more time. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That what you started. You're working. You're working. You complete. <laughs> thank you for that anointing. That what you started. That you miracle complete. working anointing. You. In the name of Jesus. Whew. Thank you for it. Mm. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Keep working it. Yep. Keep working it. We're already restorative. That's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's working in you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. <laughs> so, I know that when God saved you, you made you whole. Made you whole. Part of my jaw is missing over here. I have two teeth that are missing. I'm missing the joint cap off of this knuckle. They had to, anyway, they had to do weirdness to hold that finger in place. And I've just been confessing. Amen. I'm so spilled. I'm amen. Spilled. Yes, amen. amen. So I just receive it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank I release the anointing into creative these jaws miracle. to restore Thank you, Lord, for a creative miracle. bone, cartilage, whatever needs to be restored, to restore the teeth. I command them to grow in Jesus' name. Bone and cartilage grow in Jesus' name. Finger be restored in yes. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for your mighty power, your miracle working power. Working in pastors. We thank you for it, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wholeness, that's right. Wholeness in Jesus' name. Because Jesus paid for it. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for that anointing. Thank you. Saturating her jaws, yes. her teeth area, her finger. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yes. 
Thank you for it. Wow. Mm. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you for it, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Lord. There was a girl in Muncie, Indiana. She had TMJ. I, I don't know if that's, that's, what, yeah. that's what they call it. Yeah. So anyway, we laid hands on her. She came back that night. She says, I went home today and I made a Dagwood sandwich. You know what those are. She said, I opened my mouth and ate every bite of it. So it's the same anointing that went into her yeah. that went into you. I'm missing part of the bone in my big toe where my mama actually. Okay. You want to? <laughs> You're the floor man. Thank you, Lord, for creating miracle. The tooth is on this side, right? Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I command the tooth to grow. Recreate this Command the tooth to grow in Jesus' name. (laughs) Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I've heard of you filling teeth with gold. Now, I thank you, Father, for growing a tooth. For growing a tooth in Jesus' name. Yes, creating, growing, however it happens. (laughs) Thank you, Father, for that power. Thank you, Lord. That power working in her. Working in her in Jesus' name. Restoration power. Yes, restoration of bone restoration in this toe. Power. In Jesus' name. The same spirit that raised yes, Christ thank from you, the Lord. dead flows in her toe That's and right. her jaw That's right. now. That's right. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for it. Thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. You're welcome. Sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have one artificial nose and the other one there has no cartilage in it. And I can't flat and I want I want full range of motion in both hands. Amen. Cartilage Amen. in the one right. that's not thick. Thank you. Thank Father. you, Father God. I command cartilage to grow in this knee. Well, this is an artificial yeah. knee, so we need a new knee there. Yeah. Which one? This one or that one? That one. Thank you. Thank you, Father God, for re- replacing that knee. That's right. And I thank you that cartilage <clears throat> grows in this knee. We've had reports of this happening, Lord, after we ministered to people, so I know the anointing is there for it. So I thank you, Father God, that cartilage grows in this knee. It's not bone on bone anymore. She's got a lot of hiking left to do. (laughs) So we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for that cartilage growing, growing, growing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for a new knee on this side. Yes, a new knee. A new knee in Jesus' name. Oh, we thank you. Thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, brother. There's some squats. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the anointing. 
Thank you for the anointing. Thank working, you. working, 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 working. Thank you, Lord. Could you do that before? Um, not that far. No. Not that far. Thank you, Lord. Your Washington anointing's working. Your power's working. Thank you, Father. Your power's working. Your power's a working. A new knee. And, yes, and, and new, more cartilage. New cartilage. New cartilage, new knee. We thank you for it. Flexibility, Lord. Yes. She can squat. Full range yeah, of motion. Full range. Yes, full range of motion. Full range. Full range in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. You full don't range start in Jesus' name. And do anything halfway. That's right. We thank That's you. right. We thank you for it. We thank you. We thank you for it. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. No pain. No pain. Did it hurt that time when you went down? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Minimal pain. No more pain. I curse that pain. Get out of her knees. Get out of her knees in Jesus' name. Get out of her knees in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're here to usher. Okay, I didn't know what you were doing exactly, but... <laughs> No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that what you started. Yes. Thank we you, curse Lord. those bunions. We command them to dissolve. Yeah. Dissolve in Jesus' name. Dissolve in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. No more pain. Whatever's causing the pain, we release the anointing for it to be corrected. Yeah. I thank you for it, Father. I thank yes. you for it, Lord. They just melt off. They just melt off in Jesus' name. Thank you for it. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. The toes are straight, normal as they should be. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for your mighty power flowing in those feet and toes in Jesus' name. Working. Thank you, Lord. Yes. yes working. Your yes, power's yes, working. Yes. Yes. Working. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank, you, Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Working. 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 Work. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, thank you. <clears throat> They're going. They're going. They're going. Toes be straight. Toes be straight. Straighten out in Jesus' name. Straighten out in Jesus' name. Yeah. Straighten out in the name of Jesus. Toes be straight in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Is there any pain there now? No. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Was there pain you, when you came up? A little. little.
you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of like that when you. It was when she took her shoe off. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Yes, they are yeah. in Jesus' name. They're dissolving. Yeah. They're dissolving. Thank you, Lord. Smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. Thank you, Father. They have to go. Every bit. Every bit. They have to go. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Working. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, would that have been painful, what you just did? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for it. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. Every toe straight. Every toe straight. Yeah. Every toe straight like they should be. Every toe straight like they should be. Thank you, Lord. Ooh, thank you for it. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Take up your shoes and walk. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Let's minister to her again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Yes, we thank you. No pain. Full range of motion. Yes. Full range of motion in Jesus' name. New cartilage and new yes. knee. Yes, thank you for it. Thank we you command for it, thank a you for new it. knee to thank form you, Lord, in, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. We command new cartilage to form. Yes, I agree. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for full range Yes, of full movement. range of motion without pain. Yeah. Thank you for a creative miracle, Lord. Oh. Move on to healing. Those that need hands laid on for healing. Are you still coming for the miracle? <laughs> Okay. So, yeah, and then I also learned that they could do that. So. <laughs> well, we can do them both together. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I have this funny bone down here that uh, doesn't even belong in human bodies. Uh huh. Because my body apparently is creating it. Well, they took that out when I had a bone surgery. <laughs> Did both of those at one time. Well, that sucker grew back. Hmm. Bone that doesn't even belong there. I must. My body must. Well, that's got to stop. That's yeah. got to stop. Well, yeah. God did say we're peculiar people. <laughs> but we don't want that kind of peculiar, yeah. huh? Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. This disc is regenerating. Change in this foot. It is regenerating. I thank you for your mighty power working in that disc, reforming it, reforming it in Jesus' name, just like you did for that lady in Dodge City, Kansas. We thank you, Lord. Same power. Same power going into that disc and regenerating it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And also, Father God, for this bone growth, bone spur, I guess you'd call it, dissolve in Jesus' name. You don't belong in her body. I command the calcium deposits to dissolve yes. in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you for it. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it, for dissolving that on her foot, whatever it is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for it. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Move your back some. <laughs> You're smiling. Pain go in Jesus name. Right, yeah. I agree. Pain go. Cause of the pain. Be corrected. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. She has a new disc in Jesus' name. Two of them. Two of them. Okay. <laughs> Two discs in Jesus' name. Well, no problem for God. No problem for God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for those new discs. Nothing pressing on a nerve, nothing rubbing against a nerve in Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. You're saturating that area. You're saturating those discs. In Jesus' yeah. name. Thank you, Lord, for a creative miracle. Work. Yes, 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 yes. Creative miracle. Move some more. All right. Just a little pinch. Right there. <laughs> okay. So what degree of pain was it in initially when you came up, if you did that? Okay. Thank you, Lord. Every bit. Yeah. Every bit goes. Every Dang, bit goes. Us. Whatever is causing it. In Jesus' name. Every bit now goes in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We speak to the root of this pain. Yes. Whatever needs to change, to whatever needs to be now. created, we thank you for it. When the cause goes, the pain goes. Yes. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for total restoration yes. in her back. Yes, Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're flooding that area of her body with the anointing. In Jesus' name. <sighs> you can bend if you want to. But better every time? All right. One more. Huh. Thank you, Lord. Every bit goes. Better, better, best. <laughs> Thank you for it. Thank you for it, Lord. You say, well, why isn't it instant? I don't know. I'm not the healer. I do know that Jesus prayed for a blind man. And he said, what do you see? And the man said, I see men as trees walking, which means he didn't have clear vision. He had, you know, partial vision. And Jesus, the Son of God, laid hands on him again. Ah, oh, thank you, Lord. 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 
We're to be imitators of him. We're to do the works he did. And Jesus laid hands on people. So that's what we do. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, possibly into 3, talks about the laying on of hands as one of the fundamental doctrines of the church. One of the foundational doctrines of the church. Along with baptism, repentance. All right. Thank you, Lord. Whew. My brother in the my brother in Christ, he could not be here. But I told him that by faith and through no distance in the spirit that I am receiving his manifestation of healing for him. Do we have a cloth that we can pray over? That would be the most effective scriptural way to do it. Yeah. I don't really see anybody in the Bible standing in for somebody else, but I do see Except the laying on of hands. Well, yep. Here we go. Father, we thank you that when this cloth is laid on that brother, yeah. hmm, the anointing will flow into his body, and whatever's going on in his body will be corrected. That's right. Your word says that handkerchiefs and aprons were taken from the body of Paul when they were laid on the sick, that the sicknesses and diseases departed. If there were evil spirits hanging around trying to enforce that sickness in their body, they had to go. Now, we're not Paul, but Paul didn't heal them. The Holy Spirit did. And it's the same Holy Spirit today. He has not changed. So we thank you, Father God, that the same thing will happen when it's laid on this brother. Whatever sickness or disease is going on in his body will have to leave. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Can you take that to him? Good. Acts. 19, verses 11 and 12. Acts 19, verses 11 and 12. If he doesn't understand that, you can read it to him. He will. Okay, good. Okay. If, uh, if you came tonight to have hands laid on you for healing of whatever, anything, it, let's start with this section. If you want to come forward, we'll lay hands on you. That could include the sound booth. <laughs> we'll include the sound booth in this section. Okay. You qualify. <laughs> so. so I am healed. My, I have 20-20 vision with, without the need for corrective lenses. Amen. And, and I, just, I receive it. I believe it. Amen. We thank, thank you, Lord. Lord. We administer the anointing of the Holy Ghost right now to these eyes. I release that anointing to work in her eyes and correct her vision. Yeah. 2020 in Jesus' vision. name. We say 2020 vision in these eyes in the name of Jesus. Clear vision in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Working, working in these eyes in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In the name, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Command these eyes to yes, see. Yes, see and see clearly. Name. See and see clearly in the name of Jesus. Whatever has to happen. Whatever has to happen in the eyes for them to see clearly, 
If the muscles need to be strengthened so that they focus properly, I release the anointing into the muscles. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Thank you, Lord God. Is that everybody in this section? We move on to the next section. Anybody in this section that wants hands laid on them? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Sure. Okay. Mind if I put my hand there? We release the anointing into these muscles. I command them to receive strength in Jesus' name. Strength in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for it. We thank you for it. Thank you, Jesus. That anointing working in the muscles. Causing strength. No more in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. My blood pressure's in line up with the word and stop damaging my kidneys. Amen. You mind if I put my hands back here? Any damage that's been done, we say it's reversed in Jesus' name. I release the anointing into these kidneys. I command them to be whole and to function normally in Jesus' name. And we take authority over this blood pressure. That's right. Whatever's causing it to be high. In Jesus' name, I release the anointing throughout her circulatory system, through her veins, through her arteries, through her capillaries. We say no blockage of any kind. The passage of blood free and clear in Jesus' name. The veins, the arteries, the capillaries not restricted, flexible in the name of Jesus so that blood can flow freely. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it. Normal kidneys. Normal kidneys. Normal kidneys. In Jesus' name. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. Yes. Yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This section, anybody? Okay. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I don't have a laundry list. I'm going to tell you <clears throat> one thing, and I've been even for it, and I know it's going to go away. But the doctor told me I have a trigger finger. And he was like, well, we can do surgery if it hurts. And I'm like, it doesn't hurt all the time, but it needs to go because I don't want to have surgery. That's right. So, and I'm tired of it. So, <laughs> so which which finger is it? It's, it's right there. That one. I don't even know what a trigger finger is. I don't know either. Well, get, rid of your, <laughs> just, get it gone. Just get rid of your gun. <laughs> Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We release the anointing into this yeah. joint, and we command it to function properly. Thank you, Lord. The, the anointing flows into this joint and causes it to function properly. Yeah. No more pain. No more discomfort in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. Any inflammation has to go in Jesus' name. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Muscles, ligaments, tendons, whatever holds this joint in place, receive the life of God, the strength of God, and function normally. Was it hurting when you came up? No, but it... It's gone. You want to feel it? Sure, I'll feel it. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else in this section? Sound booth, ushers, Kleenex lady. <laughs> well, for those on the Internet, stretch your hand. Just touch your device there. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father. There's no time or distance in the spirit, and I just thank you that the healing anointing is being transferred through these airwaves in yes, Jesus' name. to those who are watching, both being now and later. Being healed yes, in, in Jesus', Jesus name. name. Those that are watching live stream, those that are watching archived later, be healed yes, in the name, in the of, name Jesus. of Jesus. Thank we you, thank Lord. you, Father. Yes, thank, you thank you. That healing anointing flow. Yes. Through the airwaves into that device. Yes, thank you, Lord. And the healing power be transmitted to them in Jesus' name. Yes, thank you, Lord. My brother was healed of years of back trouble. He he never had a good night's sleep. He'd lay on the floor a while. He'd lay on the couch. He'd get in the recliner. He'd get on the bed. He just went back and forth all night long. And one night he was up late because his back was hurting. <clears throat> he was flipping through the channels, and there was a minister. And the minister was ministering healing. And the minister said, lay your hand on the TV screen. And my brother wasn't even sure he believed in that. But he thought, well, why not, you know. And he went over and he laid his hands on the TV screen and he was instantly healed. Never had any more back trouble. Yeah. So I know it works. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. You're working in each one upon whom hands were laid tonight. If they haven't already gotten their full manifestation, it's working now. Yeah. Working now. It's working thank now. You. They'll see it. They'll see it. You know, I like to see instant manifestations like our little sister there. But the Bible says they lay hands on the sick and they They'll shall recover. recover. Sometimes re recovery is instant, and sometimes it's a process. I, I don't understand. What? Finger's a little straighter now, isn't it? Oh, no, it's Very not. straight. <laughs> oh, no. Very straight. Very straight. Thank you, Jesus. Very straight. Cool. Oh. Oh. Hadn't been wow. able to straighten it out in 29 years. <laughs> Glory. Glory. The You Freak Show, that's mean. So can you do this? Live long and prosper. Right? No way he could do that before we're done. Oh, really? Wow. Thank you, Jesus. So you couldn't do that? No. Thank you, wow. Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Glory. That, well, the that, rest of you, that ought to encourage you. The power of God is working in you. Yeah. And you know what you do? To keep that active, right? Every time you think about it, thank you, Lord. Hands were laid on me. Yeah. The power of God went into me, and it's yeah. working in my body, bringing about a complete <laughs> and total cure. Yeah. Wholeness. That was a Spock anointing. Go sit down. You're into this. You're into this healing. No. Wait a minute. We're not through. Oh, we're, we're not. We're not through with our sister here. Check, 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 check. check. <laughs> Check that again, please. <laughs> How much better is it than when, 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 when 
when we started? Eighty-five percent. Well, let's just let's just do it. Let's just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Father. Okay, we'll switch. I'll I'll lay hands on yeah. this knee. Thank you, Father God. Total range of motion yeah. without pain in the name of Jesus. The rest of it, every bit of it, in Jesus' name. Thank you for it. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for it. Power of God working in yeah. me, in Jesus' name, making them whole. Full range of with motion. With no pain. No pain. No pain. With no pain. No pain in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Ah. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. His heart's yes, desire, yes, Father. We agree. That's what you told me to say. It's gonna be well. His heart's desire. It's gonna be well. Thank you, Father, it's for gonna his go heart's well. desire. It's gonna be well. It shall be, yes, even yes. as you have believed, even as you have stood for. Yes. Thank it's you. gonna go well. It's gonna be well. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Happy, happy, happy. <laughs> <laughs> You already were, but (laughs) 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 just let him stay there. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Let's just quote joy scriptures. Rejoice in the Lord always. Yeah. And again I say rejoice. Just think about it. If if the devil throws his biggest shot at you and all he can get out of you is a laugh, that just, he doesn't know what to do with that. Because he's so accustomed to dealing with mankind and putting stuff on them, all fear. they do is whine and cry or call all the questions they can think about and ask them to pray. But if he throws something at you and all he can get out of you is a, is a laugh, it, he doesn't know what to do with that. <laughs> uh, 
So thank you, Father. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for all you've done. Lord, is there anything all you're doing? else? Anything else? And anything all you're going else? to do. Thank you, Lord. Anything else? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Glory. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the glory, Lord. You are the healer. You are the miracle worker. And we give you the glory. For yeah. In Jesus' name. Father, we love you so much. Yes, thank, thank you, you thank you, thank, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank, thank you, Lord. you for our time with these dear folks, Lord. It's been a joy to be here. Thank you, Father. We give you all the honor and all the praise, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bless them, Father. Bless every family. Yes. Bless every individual. Bless these pastors. Bless this church. May the hand of the Lord be strong upon this place and upon all the believers in this place, Father God. May their every need be met and they have such an abundance that they can give to every work in charitable donation. Yeah. No need in this church. No need in the lives of the people of this church. No need in the lives of the pastors of this church. Building supplied, equipment supplied, vehicles supplied, manpower supplied, finances supplied, favor supplied. Yes. Increase supplied. Yes. Increase of souls, increase of healings, increase of miracles, increase of those being baptized in the Holy Spirit, increase of fruit in the community, increase of favor and influence in the community. We thank you for it, Lord. Yes. For your hand on Disciples House Ministries. Yes. In Jesus' name. Thank you, in Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You're adding to the church daily, daily such, such as should, should be, be saved. saved. Amen. Adding to the church daily yes. such as should, yes. should be saved. We thank you for it. Thank you, Father. Well, pastors, are you, are you able to come and close the service? <laughs> The Lord told me ahead of time. He said, I'm going to do some wonderful things there. And I got excited. <laughs> Hallelujah. There you go. Yeah. You know, Brother Larry taught me, uh, I mean, I I came to the conclusion myself, but Brother Larry helped me to come to that conclusion, that, that, that the, the healing power of God is in all of our hands. So after uh, Friday night service, I was talking to him. I said, you suppose I can lay hands on myself? I'm like, duh, of course I can. You know, <laughs> you know? I'm like, that seems really stupid coming for me. So I did. I laid my hand on, on, on this knuckle, and I said, I said, Lord, I, I'd really like for this to grow back. And so, body, I, 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 I commanded it to grow back, and I prayed over it. And uh, today I noticed 
I mean, just sitting right there, right before they started, I was like, that knuckle's back. Oh, my God. Praise oh God. God. Praise God. You know, it still wouldn't Praise straighten out. God. Of course, it, it is now. Right now. <laughs> you know. Glory to God. And, and, and it God. feels really weird to Glory. look at it and see it straight. <laughs> I was like, Glory. 29 years, my body's not used to, my other fingers are going, hey, yeah, What's we should happening? be over here, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Which is why this is so easy right now. <laughs> glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory, you ready, honey? glory, glory. The whole time Angela was ministering, I just kept hearing. You know, Pastor Mike has visions. The Lord shows him stuff. I tend to just kind of hear it in my spiritual ear or or kind of see it in my mind's eye, but I just, it was like being walloped in the back of my head. Kept getting, just kept hearing, it's not real. It's not real. Laying on of hands isn't real. It's not God. It's not God. It's smoke and mirrors and shows and well, you know how to it's not that. real. And I just kept, I mean, I mean, no, no, no. I, I wasn't thinking it. You need to understand. I wasn't thinking it. People, people in the room, people online. I was, I was picking it. It was like hitting me in the back. See what I'm saying? Right. So if that's you and you say this stuff's not real, you know, these people just whip into town and they do a few things and they leave and it's not real, let me tell you something. It's real. It's real. Pastor Mike and I have been in services out at Ramah and uh, we've seen ministers ministering and people in wheelchairs get up and walk and run in Ramah. And that's no small feat. It's a big sanctuary. And they take off running. And I've also, we've also seen, they, they, I mean, they went down the road. There was what? Ten wheelchairs lined up? Yeah. I think there were nine or ten wheelchairs lined up. The minister went over, laid hands, grabbed the person's hands and said, come on, get up. And they got up. And they stood there. And they were a little wobbly at first because the muscles got to get strength. Man, they took off dancing. They took care of the next one. They took care of the next one. They took care of the next one. And they got to about the fifth or sixth one. And they went to that person. They said, they prayed over and they said, come on, get up. And that person sat there with their hands on their wheelchair arm and just shook their head and, shook their head and said, I can't. I can't. I can't. And they went through. They went through. And that minister ministered those people probably 20 minutes, one-on-one, showing them scripture after scripture out of their own Bible. And they said, you see that? And they said, yeah, I see it. You see the word? Yeah, I see the word. Do you believe the word? Yeah, I believe the word. They said, okay, let's pray. And then I'm going to reach out, grab your hand, you're going to get up. And they said, okay. And then when it comes time to reach out their hand to receive it, they just say, I can't, I can't, I can't. And that minister worked with that person, I don't know. I think there was only one that didn't get yeah, up. Yeah, it, it was a while. They worked with them for a while. And they got people waiting to be ministered to. And uh, they said, well, we'll, well, you just sit there and meditate on that. Think on that. And they went, got about four or five more people, and every one of them got up. And they went back to that person in that wheelchair, and all that person said is, I can't. I can't. You have what you say. God won't do it for me. God won't do it for me. But see, so if that's your mindset, God won't do it for you. No. If that's your mindset, it's not real. God won't do it for you. He can't. You got to give him something to work with. And uh, look at John fourteen fourteen. 
John 14. I believe it's 14, 14. John 14. Come on, let's look at this. John 14. Either, I'm sorry, John 14, 12. Either, either what Jesus said is true or God's a liar. But how much you know, God's not a liar. He can't lie. He can't lie. So if, if this is, if you believe any part of the Bible, you have to believe the whole Bible. If you believe any part, you can't, you, this is not a pick and choose thing. No. This is either the word is true or it's not. Jesus, one of Jesus' names is amen. It means infallible. It does mean so be it, but it also, when it's his name, it means I am the infallible truth. That's what it means. And uh, many times this word amen, many times the same Greek word amen is translated verily. When we say that verily, verily, what Jesus is saying, he said truthfully, I, the infallible truth and in telling you a truth, he said verily, verily, I say unto you, talking to those that believe on him, he that believeth on me, believe means you put your trust in him, the works that I do, shall he do also. Who's going to do the works? The ones that believe in him. The ones that believe in him. And not only that, he followed it up with, and greater, and greater. Just take that word works out, because it's italicized. And greater than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. So we've seen this at Rhema on multiple occasions. We've seen people raised out of their wheelchairs. We've been in youth camp. We had a young lady that came to youth camp in a wheelchair. She came to youth camp a couple of years in her wheelchair. And then the power of God came in that place. And there was a healing line. And she was over kind of off onto the side. And, Brother, and Pastor Mike was ushering for Brother Randy. And, he got, and Brother Randy got over there to her. And, uh, and he said, what, what do you need healing? What do you want healed? Because she could, she could get up. She could walk. About four or five steps with a lot of effort with crutches, with her medical crutches. So she got over there, and she stood up on her crutches, and she said, I want to stand up straighter, and I want to be able to walk and not use my wheelchair. And he said, okay. He said, I'm going to lay hands on you. He laid hands on her, and she fell out in the power. Listen to me. Yes, there are people that give the ministers courtesy falls. And that's not wise because if there's not an usher to catch you, you're going to get hurt. But they do it, and that's why we put ushers back there. But if you fall under the power and there's no usher to catch you, you ain't going to feel a thing. You're not. I have fallen without an usher, and I assure you, you're not going to get hurt. But when the power of God, the power of the, the power of God who created the universe, when that power comes in contact with your body, your body is going to respond. And, and, uh, you're not going to be able to stand. Because your body's not that strong. And so she fell back out of the power. And they just stood there. And, and, and Brother Randy stood there and I think he knelt down, knelt down and touched her legs or something. I don't remember. But in any case, he was standing over her. And he was praying, and he was commanding her legs to straighten. And Pastor Michael, he, we got done because I was dealing with the youth, because the youth was going crazy, because the Holy Ghost was falling in joy in other places and what have you. And I had the youth group, and he was ushering. And he came over there, and he had 
tears just running down his eyes. And I said, what? What? And he said, I literally watched her legs grow out and straighten. Literally watched it. And then we watched her walk with her crutches with ease from the gymnasium up that hill, up that road, up those stairs, and into the uh, cafeteria, and she never used her wheelchair again. And she came back the following year as a worker, and she, she never, and her legs were even straighter. Now I want you to notice what she told Brother Randy when she stood up. She said, I want my legs to be straighter. She didn't say straight. She said, I want them straighter so that I can walk and not have to use my wheelchair. She got exactly what she asked for. She got exactly what she asked for. And uh, Angela was talking about people falling out of the tower, and Dad Hagen go through his meetings, and he'd get over to a section, and he just, he just under the anointing, and he'd come around to the section, and he'd just be blessed. And I mean, they would. They'd fall out. He'd come to this section, and they'd fall out. Well, in the same youth camp, same youth camp, another year, I went because uh, the Lord had given, you know, the Lord's anointed me with that power of joy. And uh, when I get under the influence, remember how Dad Hagen, when he would be under that influence, he'd go, shoo, shoo, shoo. And that, so I, I was like, wow, that's incredible. And I'm, I'm like, I'm watching myself do this. And I'm under the anointing. I'm under the power. And, and, and Brother Randy called me to come over here. And I come over here and I'm walking. I'm going, shoo, shoo, shoo. And uh, he said, just pray for this one. And I prayed for that one. That one fell out. And the next thing I know, the Holy Ghost went. And the Holy Ghost just drew me over here. And I went like this. And I just looked at these two roads, just these two roads. And I went, shoo. And they both fell out. And I walked over here to these two rows. And I went, shoo. And they both just fell out. And all those teenagers never seen anything like this. Their eyes were big as saucers. And they were holding on to the edges of their seats. And they're going, you could tell they were thinking, don't come over here. Don't come over here. Don't come over here. And under the power and under the anointing of God, I just, I'm sitting there in my mind. I'm thinking, what in the world am I doing? But in my spirit, I walked over these other two rows and I went, and just, just waving at him, laughing. I'd be like giggling. And I'd go, and when I did, they'd all fall out. And I mean, I went through the whole entire, through the whole, we had 300 people in that room. And by the time the Holy Ghost was done, everybody was on the floor in hysterics that would yield. That would yield. That would yield. That would yield. And there was only about five because they were like, oh, oh. <laughs> I remember there was one entire church that was, was the, all, the whole youth group was sitting in the back. And they'd been sitting in the back the whole time. And they just they just stood back there and didn't didn't participate. Exactly. Never seen it. Never seen it. But now they came back the next year. And when the Holy Spirit moved, they jumped in. They jumped in. So we've seen this. We've flown it. We we've 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 had this Siki Asananda Mahaha Siki E. Oh Renande Mashiki Isi. We have flown Oh Rana We have Flowed, flowed, flowed in this before. And we'll flow. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. In it again. But if you say, well, it's not real. It's not for me. Well, you'll never have to worry about it. it won't get, you won't get it. But 
But I encourage you to do what I did with the Father God. Because he led us to Rodney Howard Brown. That's where I got that anointing of joy at. Because I sat in his services for two days. And I got mad. And I said, oh, that stuff's not of God. God doesn't do that. God's dignified. He's a perfect gentleman. And I had an attitude. And I had my arms crossed. And I sat in that back room. I said, that's not God. And the Holy Spirit convicted me on the inside. And during, between services, he convicted me. And I thought, so I said, okay, God. I said, you've been teaching me a lot. I said, so I'm not going to go in with an attitude. I'm going to go in humble. I'm going to go in surrendered. And I'm just going to worship you like I've always worshipped you. And if it's the Holy Ghost, teach me. Prove it. Show me. And I began to just worship God during the worship service. And now at this time, Pastor Mike, because we were still new in these things, Pastor Mike was still, don't embarrass me, wife. Don't raise your hands. Don't make a scene, wife. Oh, wife, I just don't, he's not sure well, about these things. I was starting things. to get used to that by now. He, he was, but, but he was, but, but you knew, don't, don't, don't get any crazier than you are because we'll have a problem. And I just started, and I was just praising. And down in the, I remember this. I give you an idea of how big your spirit capacity is. I remember standing there totally aware of the fullness of my spirit. And I asked the Lord this. I said, Lord, there's what feels, I said, I don't know any other way to describe it, but it feels like a feather on the inside just tickling. I said, and Lord, I know it's in the center of me. But it feels like it's so deep that it goes several feet into the ground. It's so deep. And I said, what is that, Lord? He said, I'm teaching you. And that thing grew, and it grew, and it grew, and it grew, and it grew. And I started, I'm I'm worshiping. And I started going, just, just, (laughs) what's that? And my hands started to shake. My hands started to tremble. And I thought, what is this nonsense? And then in a moment of time, the Lord reminded reminded me. He said, you ever heard of the Quakers? I said, yeah, Lord. You know, they were up north. And they would quake under the power of God. And that's what my hands were doing. They would quake under the power of God. And I said, what is this? He said, "That's that's why the Quakers are called the Quakers. He said, that's my power, that's my anointing, that's my glory. And to this day, when the, power, when the anointing shows up, my hands will quake. They'll shake to this day. And, uh, and so before I knew it, because remember she talked about people being stuck to the ground. Remember you couldn't get the, two, the ushers couldn't get them off the floor? Well, before I knew it, I was on the floor in hysterics, laughing hysterically. I, uh, I mean, I had, I had the... I had the power and the ability to stop it if I wanted to. But I didn't want to because I was completely yielded to the power of God. And it was too good. And so I fell to the floor and it was a cold, concrete floor. And I'd go, Lord, it's cold down here. Ah! And lose my mind. And I'd start to, and I'd try to get up. And I, I mean, I'd fight to get up and I'd get in the chair and I'd sit in the chair and then I'd slide right out of it. And I did this, I don't know, five times or more. And uh, all of a sudden, the people around me started saying, just stay down, just stay down, just stay down and let God. And I said, okay. Well, the last time I went down, 
my head landed on my husband's foot, and I couldn't lift my head if I tried. I'm just sitting here trying to praise the Lord. <laughs> His face was as red as these flowers on my shirt. Read I that mean. Book. Yeah, I mean, his face was as red as could be. And I remember telling the Lord, oh, Lord, he's embarrassed. He's going to be mad. <laughs> I just, and, I, and I distinctly heard, and as far as I could tell on the floor, as far as I could tell, I was the only one in the whole area that was just cackling and laughing and making such an immediate scene. And every time the minister would start to minister, I'd start to laugh hysterically, and we he'd stop. We were only like in the second row. And so in my <laughs> natural mind, I'm thinking, Lord, I'm disrupting your service. And, and he just couldn't get his words out, couldn't get his words out, couldn't get his words out because it was a praise team. And finally, Rodney, uh, Reverend Rodney Howard Brown came out, and uh, he, he began to minister, and he couldn't minister. Because every time he'd start to say something, this is my perception, every time he'd start to say something, I'd just, I mean, just, holy ghost laugh like there's no tomorrow and i'm glued to the floor i can't get up i've tried many times i might get a foot halfway off the ground but that'd be it i was glued i was stuck yeah i i, I mean it just <laughs> i just get there and then i heard rodney howard brown say this and i mean when he said that that was all she wrote for me I heard him say by the Spirit, I heard him say, don't you dare judge her. You don't know what she's been through, and you don't know what God's setting her free from. And I mean, that was all she wrote. And later, once I got off the floor and could get myself together, I was under that anointing for about two and a half weeks. I mean, I was just... It didn't take nothing to set me off. I mean, it was just wonderful and glorious. And, I, I mean, that power was so wonderful. I finally had to tell the Lord, Lord, you're going to have to turn this thing down. I can't function. And, uh, but I found out later from my husband and my mom, I said, that man said this. He said, no. They said, no, that's not what he said. I said, what do you mean? I said, I heard him clearly. He said, don't you judge them. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know what the Lord's done for them. I said, them who? And they said, everybody in the room that was losing their minds in the Holy Ghost. I said, I was the only one. They said, no. I said, well, in my world I was. I felt like she was the loudest one. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm telling you, if you think that these things of God are not real, if they're made up, they're make-believe, just get get determined enough to to find out for yourself if it's true or not. Just say, Father, I don't, I mean, I can't see it, but teach it to me. And then and then give him the opportunity. Give him the opportunity. Because if you'll just say, Father, just teach me. If it's you, show me. He'll show it to you. And you're not going to get no weird devil. Don't listen to people. We were learning about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I had one person tell us uh, that it was dead and passed away. We had another one tell us, oh, Lord, don't get around those people. You'll get a devil. You'll get a devil for sure. That's a demon for sure. And then and my pastor said something amazing that debunked the whole thing. He said, if tongues is of the devil, why isn't everybody in the bars and the honky-tonks talking in it? 
And I said, well, I've been in plenty of bars and honky-tonks and every other sinner place, and I ain't ever heard it. So it must be of God. Must be of God. And glory to God, I found out it was true, it was real, and it's for me, and I mean it's what got us here. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, so, yeah, so, well, you got prayed for. Are you whole? Yes, it's working. Yes, it's working. Look at that. Look at that. It's working. Is that thing? It's straighter than it was. My youth, no. My Brianna was standing there, and I looked, and I, and I, because and, I, I put my hand on it, and I went, it kind of shocked me how flat it was. And, uh, and Brianna, and I looked at Brianna, and I said, she said, I've been watching it. It's getting flatter and flatter. I said, praise God. And then I started moving my jaw around. And, you know, you can move your jaw from side to side a little bit, right? Well, my, I go into my dentist, and, uh, and he'd do a filling or something, and he'd have a heck of a time getting it set because of the TMJ. And he'd go, well, that, how's that work? And I said, well, if I just do just a little, it's good. I said, but if I take my jaw way over here, and, I mean, I could get these back teeth on the other side of the front center teeth. I mean, I could move it all the way over. And he looked at me, and he went, don't do that. That's creepy. And I said, you're a dentist. You ain't ever seen that before? He said, no, your face ain't supposed to do that. <laughs> I said, wow. So I'm sitting there, and you know what? I can't move it nearly as far as I used to be able to. I can't. And I told him, I said, I'm believing for wholeness. I know y'all want to go. Stop looking at your watch. I, I, I got and, a text. Uh, I got a text message. And I said, I saw, got there looking, and I and I looked up at the screen, and I thought, wow, those words look sharp. Those look good. And uh, I said, Lord, are you working on my eyes too? And uh, he said, well, why don't you check it out? And I got my gum pack over there. I couldn't read a single thing on the back of it, even with my glasses on. I can read the tiny little print. Praise God. <laughs> Glory to God. And guess what? He ain't done yet. No. He ain't done yet because healing is a recovery. Wholeness is a recovery. So it ain't going to be long. I, my, I went, when my dentist pulled the one tooth, sent me to have my one tooth pulled, he said, you're going to get a, uh, he said, you're going to get a te- uh, an implant. And I looked right at him. I said, no, God's going to replace it. Now, my dentist is a, is a Christian. I said, no, God's going to replace that tooth. He said, he laughed, a big belly laugh, and he said, what do you think you are, a shark? I said, no, I know the king of kings. I know the great physician. It'll come back. And I just keep standing. I just keep standing. Unless God tells me otherwise, I just keep standing. Well, guess what? They'll be back soon because it's already a done work, and he's working on it. But underneath, it's working. It's done. It's finished. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, we're going to do our tithes and our offerings. And I failed to tell you one thing about the mules this morning. If you didn't hear the part about the mules, go back and listen to it. Remember I said... You think of your tithe, that you got your tithe mule and you got your offering mule. And if they're out of, out of the wrong, you know, if they're not evenly sized, they'll pull and they'll tip the cart. Well, what I forgot, the Lord reminded me. He said, you didn't finish telling them about the mules. And I said, what do you mean, Lord? He said, you didn't tell them about the lead. I said, you're right, Lord, I didn't. Here's the amazing thing about mules because they're super smart. One of the two is the lead. One of the two is the lead. And whatever the lead does, that's what the other one does. If you've got a good, strong lead mule, that mule knows the strength of its partner. And it'll only pull to the degree 
of the other one's ability. It'll that and why is that? Because otherwise it'll tip its load. Because otherwise it'll tip its load. Or they'll go in circles. Or they'll go in circles. They'll go off track. They'll go the wrong way. And so when I and I said, You're right. So see you've got your tither, you got your ten percent that belongs to God. And your seed in the ground. How much you know? Your lead mule, your tithing mule, knows how much seed you got in the ground. So it knows how hard it can pull without tipping your blessing. And I said, Oh God, that's good. That's good. And it's not about it's not about dollar values. It's not about dollar values. We've seen some of the biggest financial blessings when our seed was what we in the natural would call small and insignificant. The widows might. Yep. Remember Jesus, Jesus was watching them all come in and they were all sowing and they were sowing big. They were, they were flashing it basically where people could see how much they were giving. And here come this widow. The widow is mine. And the Bible said, Jesus said, it's, she gave all that she had and she gave more than all that had given. Why? Because she trusted the Lord God with everything she has. And I'm telling you, we've seen some of the biggest miracles with the smallest dollar uh, givings that we've ever given because we gave everything we had. I mean, there were times I said, Lord, I need this money just to get gas, just to get home. And he said, I said, give it. And so we gave it. And man, we got well taken care of. And I'm not trying to get money out of you. I'm just trying to tell you how to get blessed. I learned this principle uh, from Dad Hagen, Raven Kenneth E. Hagen. He, he told the Lord, he said, Lord, just make me a blessing so I can be a blessing. He said, if you can get the money to me, you can get the money through me. I tell the Lord that all the time. And Michael and I prove it out every chance we get. Every chance we get. And I'm telling you what, he, we've, never, we've never been forsaken. We've never been bragging for bread. And, and I mean, we just, God takes care of us supernaturally. He just does. Uh, so I just that's how you're going to prosper. I think you better. I was thinking you ought to because I'm sitting over here being distracted by the goodness of God. You know, well, I'm just in awe over here. I am too. Come on. <laughs> come on, let's pray. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, you've done so much for us. Father, you've healed us. You've made us whole, not just spiritually, but physically, emotionally, mentally, financially. And Father, the least we could do is trust in your word and give you what's rightfully yours, the tithe, and sow a seed. And so, Father, we count it an honor and a privilege to sow a seed. And, Father, those that don't have a seed to sow, Father, I thank you that you give them one. I thank you that you give them one. Father, I thank you that they step out in faith and they just say, Yes, Lord, I'll receive the seed to sow. And, Father, as we sow these seeds, Father, we thank you that you meet all of our needs according to your riches and glories, abundantly supplied above all that we could ask or think. Father, we've been commanding the angels and we continue to command them to go and cause prosperity in every area of life to come. And Father, we just thank you that your word is true and that your word is working in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Father, we give you and, glory. And Lord, I just want to I just want to thank you for making me right. Yes. 
I spoke it out of my own mouth at the beginning of this service, mistakenly, but on purpose. I spoke that this was going to be the best meeting yet. Yes. And it was. Thank you, Father. I want to thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Glory, glory, glory. You may serve the people. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. You guys are amazing. We're going to give the Keatons uh, uh, <clears throat> a love offering here after the service. But I just want you to know, uh, we, we know what you've sowed so far, and you guys are amazing. And we thank you, and we love you, and we want you to know, <clears throat> I hope I don't embarrass them by saying it, but they've sowed into this ministry. They've sowed into your lives on more than one way on this trip. They do it every time they come. And when we hand them their love offering, they're always very gracious to pray a prayer over you that you are blessed and that you are taken care of. And listen, they don't ever come. They don't ever, when they come, they don't ever put any demands on us at all. None. Uh, they're very humble. They're very kind. They know the Lord God. And I'm telling you what, when the Lord told me, when he was giving us the blueprint for the church, and he said, there's, he said, I don't want you having anybody in unless I tell you specifically to have them. And he said, the first people I want you to have in is Larry and Angela Keaton. And other than a casual contact high or sitting around a table with other ministers, we had never really talked to them. Never. And I said, Lord, I said, Lord, how's that going to happen? I said, Sister Angela was Brother Randy's teacher at Rhema. I said, they've been overseas. How are, how are you going to bring this to pass? I was back there working the, the table down in Pensacola. And brother, and Miss Angela, I think, you, I think that was that year you weren't feeling well or weren't there for some reason. Brother Larry, I don't know if he even realized it or not, but he kept standing around the media table. He just kept coming back and standing there because I was at the media, I was working. And I, he'd just come back and I'd, I'd be standing there having an argument with the Lord. Are you going to say something? Are you going to say, no, I'm not saying a word, Lord. I'm a big, I'm a big chicken, Lord. And he come back around, and, and finally the Lord said, "Are you going to obey?" And I said, "Okay, Lord." And I went to Larry and I said, "I said, I, you got, just pray. You and Miss Angela, just pray. I'll give you our contact information. If it seems right with you, we'd love to have you in our church. We're a very small church. We just started." I said, "But the Lord just, I said, the Lord told us we weren't to have anybody in unless He told us who to have." And you were the first people he told us to have. And he said, wow, really? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, when we're headed over that way, I'll give you a call. And it was crickets for months, which was fine, because I had been shaking in my boots. And I said, well, at least I just did that. And then he called. And he said, we, he said you know, I had not been in touch, but uh, he said, I got your number. You know, remember we talked? And I said, yeah. And they've come every year faithfully. And we just love them and we appreciate them. Their heart and our heart, I'm just, yeah, right. yeah. They even, the first year we all got COVID and had to cancel on them, and I thought, Lord, they'll never come now. <laughs> I thought, Lord, they'll never come now. <laughs> but they did. They were so gracious. And so we just love them. They're family to us. We're going to spend eternity in, with them. So you might as well, if you don't like them today, you might as well just say, okay, Lord. <laughs> no, we all love them. That's right. right. Lord, they can be our neighbor. It'll be fine. <laughs> Glory to God. 
So uh, y'all are dismissed. Y'all have a wonderful night. We appreciate we'll see you, you guys. Wednesday. See you Wednesday.